Stefan Pruitt with another episode of Rising Tide Startups. And my guest today is Abby McLean. Abby, thanks for joining us on Rising Tide. Hi, guys. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm a full-time digital nomad and I travel the world right now and I run a marketing company. And uh, just a little background on that. I got into working online like two years ago with online blogging and then like so many other people, I found ClickFunnels and got really deep into marketing and then that led to Facebook marketing. And now I do that full time. Um, I do marketing for real estate agents and travel while I do it. So, so take a step back and say, okay, I, I grew up here. I went to school. I studied this. And I mean, everything that was a, was a linear path that led you to, to digital marketing oh, online, right? No, no, not even close. <laughs> so I grew up in Indiana. I was born in Chicago and I grew up in Indiana. And then I went to Indiana University and I studied psychology and neuroscience. And I thought for sure I was going to like be a doctor, or like a therapist or something. Like I did two years of pre-med and everything like that. And then I completely took a turn and I started bartending in college and I was making so much money bartending that I was like, I'm just going to be a bartender. <laughs> um, and then it turns out that when you bartend, you can't travel the world. And that was yeah. like my ultimate passion. Like my entire life, I was like, oh, like, I just want to leave no stones unturned in mm. my entire life. So how can I do that? Like, how can I start traveling? And that led me to like working online, you know, as long as you can get an internet connection, you can work. And I became super passionate about trying to figure that out. And, you know, there's been so many bumps along the way and changing mind to go from like, I'm going to be a blogger. I'm going to be a life coach. I'm going to, I'm going to do like, like online business coaching. And now I'm going to do marketing. And like, the thing is, there's so much information out there and like, you have to start to hone in on what you're actually passionate about. Right. right. So tell me, give us a, just a quant, kind of a quick overview of, you know, name two or three things that you tried that that worked pretty well, and maybe name two or three things that you tried that just were absolute. I think is the word you use was maybe a train wreck. So, <laughs> um, so when I first got started in like trying to work online, I was really passionate about blogging, and I think blogging is amazing. Like I was meeting these super intelligent, passionate people who were writing every single day. But I mm -hmm. think a lot of people don't realize like if you want to start traveling right now and you want that freedom just blogging by itself is a really, really hard path to do. Right. You have to be so dedicated to writing every single day. And even then, like you might blog consistently for like a year, two, three years before you start actually making any money. Mm -hmm. So I would say that was like one of the things, not like train wreck probably, but like I just realized that like that's not going to be the path that like allows me to travel, at least not right now. Right. I think you got my bills now. I mean, you <laughs> postpone my rent check for you know, <laughs> yeah. now I'll pay you for rent. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then I would say like another thing that didn't work well is um, kind of like when you're trying to do everything. So mm. when I first got started on online marketing, I was like, Oh, well I can do Google and I can do Facebook and I can do, I can do ads in all these different places and I can do it for everyone and anyone who wants any kind of marketing online, I can build them funnels. I can run ads. I can build websites. I can do everything. Mm -hmm. And that ends up very, very difficult. You end yeah. up with a lot of different projects across the board and you like when I, a lot of people, when they first start, they're like, you're a one person show. Mm -hmm. So sure. like, even though I was using like contracting out some of the work, like it becomes very hard when you're trying to do everything for everyone. And in the beginning, you're probably not asking for enough money. Right. 
So <laughs> like you're like doing way too much work for not enough money. No. Um, as far as things that worked when I picked like an actual like niche, like mm -hmm. I picked real estate and like we've talked about like how like now I'm moving into a place where like I might be moving out of real estate, mm -hmm. but it allowed me so much success in the time like from I was like, all right, I'm just going to do real estate because I threw myself fully into just helping one person. And you probably like a lot of people have heard that before. Like when you envision your absolute like ideal client, like imagine one person sitting in front of you and describe everything about that person and help that person. And as soon as I kind of tuned into that, everything started making sense. Everything was easier. Now when I pick up a client, like a real estate client, there's no questions. I already know what I'm doing. I know the setup process. You know, I could set up a new client in probably a matter of hours. Mm -hmm. If you know, once I do the onboarding call, like that's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then, real estate. <laughs> so what was, the, what was the attraction of real estate? I was living down in Florida and my boyfriend at the time was in real estate and my aunt in Florida was in real estate and a lot of my friends, cause Florida is like a huge, like real, like there's tons oh, of realtors there. It's like probably, yeah. I think one of the most like real estate, like dense yeah, like, I'm sure. states in the country. So I felt like everyone I was meeting was in real estate and it was just kind of like a natural progression. Cause mm -hmm. when I started learning how to do ads, I wanted to help the people around me and the people around me were in real estate. So, that makes sense. you know, yeah. a lot of people want to do like, Oh, like I'll run your ads for free. And then, you know, just to see if you get results. Well, I started doing stuff like that and I started getting results and then it was like a natural progression from there. Right. Yeah. Right. And that, that was approximately what year? Um, it's pretty crazy. I only got into real estate about a year ago. So I started learning everything online two years ago. I literally knew nothing about working online. And then a year ago I started doing Facebook ads for real estate agents. And I've been with that all year working on that. And like I said, now I'm like, okay, maybe I'll transition into a different niche, <laughs> but right. you know, that's to be determined as I figure more out about business and more about myself and like what I'm really passionate about. So you, you finished school and what was the, I mean, you, you said you were bartending for a while. What was the, was there a transition period from school to, you know, I, I'm going to be a, a digital nomad. I'm going to start working online. I mean, what was, what was that? There's kind of a gap there that so, I haven't filled in yet. When I was, I was, I started bartending and then I stayed in the same town as my college to bartend at. I actually worked at like a really, really high profile bar. Like we, it was like one of the high, it was in the top 50 highest grossing bars in the nation. Mm. So like that was a pretty legit job for like coming out of college, like making a lot of money. It was like hard to walk away from that. But right. then I. Tom Cruise and spinning tumblers and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty crazy. Like neon lights behind you and stuff, you know, like, live DJ. Seriously, like we had a day where we did like a hundred and I think 50,000 in liquor sales that in one day. Incredible. So. In Bloomington, Indiana, huh? Yeah. In Bloomington, Indiana. It was nuts. Um, so then after that, I moved down to Florida because I, I met a boy, I moved to Florida. So there's the gap in the story. Um, and I started bartending down there. And like, it's just like, when you're really, really passionate about something, like I was always passionate about traveling. And right. then you get out of college and like life just kind of happens to sure. you if you don't take control. So I kind of realized like life was just happening. Hey, stop right there just for a second. I want you to say that again, because that is such a key point. <laughs> especially to people in, maybe in your age demographic. Can you, you remember what you just said? Yeah. So basically like life just happens to you if you don't stop and actually take control. And was there a moment that you were 
sitting there and you thought, wait a minute, if I'm going to, I'm going to be 55 years old and, and still doing this right now and still dreaming about travel if I don't get on it. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I guess, I mean, I don't know how appropriate this is, but because I was bartending, I was in like a lot of nightlife and, you know, like there's a lot of drinking all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, drinking till people are getting blacked out and you're doing that like sometimes a couple times a week. And like, I feel like one day I was just like watching all the people around me, like just being drunk and like dumb. And I like just wanted so desperately, I wanted more. Mm. And like, you know, I was in a pretty dark place. Like I was bartending, but I wasn't making nearly as much money as I did when I was back in Bloomington. So I was like having a hard time paying my bills. My relationship was kind of going to crap because we were both bartending. We were both drinking too much. Like, mm-hmm. so I was kind of like unhappy in so many different ways. Yeah. And I was like, I like, okay. Oh, another part of the story too is I got to my last semester of college and I dropped out. So I actually have 122 credits in college, but I have no degree. Wow. You're <laughs> so, two credits from finishing. <laughs> like wow. So I, uh, I was amazing. a college dropout. I had no money. I was in a career I no longer enjoyed. I was in a relationship I was no longer happy in. And I was in Florida away from all of my family. Mm-hmm. And I just realized like nothing was going to ever get better in my life if I didn't make it happen. So it was just like little steps like every mm-hmm. day, like go for a walk, listen to 30 minutes of a podcast. Like Mm -hmm. I used to walk to work and I would listen to a podcast on my way to work. And then I would go, I bartend full time and I'd come home and I started taking online courses. Like I used Udemy and then ClickFunnels stuff. And then, you know, other entrepreneurs online have like online courses, like whatever it is to learn Facebook ads or to learn digital marketing. I started spending all my money on that. And like this ultimate belief that that money that I spent would come back around to me because like, See, I started I, with the free ones. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you Demi's pretty cheap. So like, that's where I tell people to start. Cause I was yeah. like, don't go buy like a $1,500 Facebook ads course, start in Udemy, start trying to find free stuff first. If you feel like you need an elaboration or someone to like hold your hand and walk you through it, then maybe invest in one of those courses, but yeah. it's totally not necessary. It's mm-hmm. just for me, like when I have something broken down, like step by step by step by step. And they're like, this is how I did it. This is how I built my successful Facebook ads business. That's a much easier thing for me to like, be like, Oh, okay. So yeah. Like, I don't know. I just, I wanted more Mm -hmm. and I realized like I had to do it myself. And you woke up one day and you said, you walked into the the bar and you said, I'm done. I'm going to go make my fortune (laughs) online and I'm going to go travel and you just kind of picked out a map and threw a little pin <laughs> at it. And wherever the pin hit, you you said, that's where I'm going. Or did you say, or did you know early on, you said, you know what, I'm going to go to Bali. No, I had no idea. Actually, I didn't know I was going to be in Bali until like two weeks before I was in Bali. <laughs> um, so I wish that I would have just been like, oh, like I'm going to quit the bar and I'm going to change my life. But, you know, we all have our own doubts. We all have like sure. that feeling inside us. Like, oh, I, like, can I do this? Is the it going to work? Like, yeah, impossible. I still struggle from that every day. Like I am right now traveling full time while running a business. And I still think thoughts like, am I qualified to teach other people how to do this? <laughs> so we, we, um, we listen to the same podcast. I mean, you probably listen to maybe to entrepreneur, entrepreneur on fire. You probably listen to maybe Pat Flynn. Yeah. Yeah. Pat Flynn was a huge influence when I first got started. Cause I was like, passive income. What? That sounds amazing. <laughs> and right. then you don't realize how hard it is to actually yeah. make passive yeah. income. Um, but no, like, I mean, you, 
just take the like steps. That's like, I think if I could recommend anything is it's like, don't put so much pressure on yourself to just walk into your job and quit the next day. Mm -hmm. Like take those little steps and over time it will add up because right. first, the first thing I did was, you know, I moved out and I got my own place. So like I got away from an unhealthy relationship and mm -hmm. got myself more space. I got a different bartending job that was more of like a daytime, less like, you know, less partying, less nightlife. I was right. working during the day so I could focus more on like what else I was trying to do. And then, you know, like building my business online, like really becoming dedicated to doing that like every day and just reaching out and actually trying to ask for money is really hard. Mm -hmm. Like when you're trying to like prospect for new clients and you're like, no one knows who I am, like blah, blah. Yeah. But like, just reach out. The worst thing that people can ever say to you is no. Mm -hmm. And that's really like you're used to hearing no at that part. Mm -hmm. So like yeah. it just becomes easier and easier the more you do it. And like, once you take those baby steps, like it starts to add up. Like I stayed bartending until literally May of just 2018. Mm -hmm. Like while I was doing my business, everything like that. Cause I was like, well, bartending at this point is just extra money. Sure. And I can bartend like two days a week while I also run my business. Right. And then in May I was like, all right, I'm going to go to Europe. I still didn't even quit my job because I was so scared to like cut that cord. <laughs> so I kept my bartending job and I was like, when I come back from Europe, I'll bartend again. It'll be fine. But then I came back from Europe and I think I worked one shift and I was like, no, and I was then, like born to be a traveler. I've, I've worked hard to get to this place. So I quit my job. And I, if you know, Arnie Giske, like mm -hmm. he, like, oh my gosh, I love Arnie. He's like inspired me so much in so many ways because he's about my age and like, I got connected with him online. I went to his meetup when he was in Florida. And like right. now we met up when we were in Bali. We're about to meet up in Colombia. So like Arnie has been a huge, like positive influence for me. And when I came home from Europe, I was like, I feel so depressed. Like, I just feel like I was made to be out on the road. I was made to be a traveler. And I finally like had a taste of it. Like I backpacked six countries in four weeks and I was in like Morocco. I went hitchhiking in Morocco and like all this crazy wow. stuff. That's and pretty bold. I know. Oh that's not pretty, that's really bold. I'm a pretty bold traveler. I was with two guys and one of them like lived in Morocco and mm. one of them was also like a French speaker and they speak French in Morocco. So I was like, right. you know, it'll be fine. Cause we I like actually speak French a bit. It's kind of like half Arabic, half French. It's kind of this uh, weird yeah. conglomerate. Yeah. It's a little weird, but a lot of them will understand French if you Absolutely. speak French. Yeah. So like, I speak a little bit of French. So I was like, it's, if I'm ever going to hitchhike somewhere, like right now is fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, when I came home, I just was like, no, that was that like lit a fire inside me that like, I know that like I've wanted to travel like this for right. so long and now I finally got to do it. And like, I was born to do this. So Arnie was like, book your next ticket. And I was like, okay. So like two weeks after coming home from Europe, I booked my next ticket, booked a one-way ticket to Thailand. And I was like, all right, in two months, I'm going to go to Thailand. <laughs> did they ask you at the airport when you landed in Thailand, they say, how come you don't have an onward ticket? <clears throat> they did they... not. Um, they do that in some places though. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes they won't let you like fly. Cause I went to Bali after that and I didn't even know I was going to go to Bali. So I like was researching it and I was like, oh, Thailand's in rainy season right now. I don't know if I really want to be like in a new city when it is like monsooning every day. Right. I'm like a homebody anyway. So like if it's raining, that's just even more excuse for me to like not go out and meet people. And then I talked to Arnie and he was going to be in Bali. And I was like, 
cool. I'll just go down to Bali for like a month and hang out until rainy season's over. Cause this whole time I was planning on going to Chiang Mai and I was okay. like, I'm going to live in Chiang Mai yeah, and hang that's out. That's kind of expat central too. I mean, yeah, Chiang exactly. Mai for like digital nomads. It's like a huge, Americans, yeah. um, I didn't even end up going to Chiang Mai the entire time I was in Asia. I never even made it to Chiang Mai. Cause I went mm. to Bali, fell in love, met a ton of entrepreneurs, hung out with yeah. Arnie and then like ended up just being like, okay, cool. Like I'm going to do this. And Actually, the entire time, no one checked my tickets to see if I had like a way back. Hmm. Um, but I know that they can do that and they right. can like refuse like basically entry right. or like they'll refuse like letting you onto your flight. So when I go to Colombia, that's like a really big place that like they check your tickets before yeah. they let you fly there. Um, Sometimes the return ticket is not is not much more than a one way ticket. Even if you don't, even if you're not going to use it, you know? Yeah. So there's actually, because like I have such a flexible schedule, mm -hmm. I, um, I can fly on like really cheap days. And like, so for me buying one way tickets is just easier because it allows me to stay flexible. And if I meet people or want to go to a different country or want to hang out, it's just way easier for me than right. trying to plan when I'm going to come home. Sure. Cause I never know. Sure. Um, but you can go on and like do like ticket reservations. Mm -hmm. So like you pay a company like 10 or 15 bucks and they'll give you basically a fake ticket that you can show the airline and then they let you on the plane. So I was yeah. like, okay, if all else fails, just have one of those. Right. Like, and, and then you should be golden because they're not trying to check that hard. They just want to make sure that you're not going to hang out in the country past like when you're allowed absolutely. to. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I, one thing I, I think, you know, you mentioned, you know, I, I I don't know what my schedule is, so I'm a little flexible. I think that's just the way you're wired a little bit, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, that's yeah. kind of come through in the interview pretty clearly. That, yeah. Um, I don't really plan too far in advance because I really don't want to limit my options here. I, I'd like to keep everything open. I, Sister, I feel your pain because <laughs> I fully understand what you're, what you're saying because I... And I think like that's a downfall in some ways too so like i've never been a really business-minded person like i'm not great with business not great with finances not great with numbers but i've always been a really passionate person so mm -hmm. like i feel like if i can do it and figure it <laughs> out like literally anyone can because like anyone would be as good or better than me when it comes to like business stuff and like so when you make decisions like based on passion, sometimes that can like definitely lead your business astray and it can make sure. things more difficult. Like for me right now, like I have a successful business helping real estate agents. I already have it all figured out. Like mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's easy for me to like find a realtor and be like, oh yeah, this is what I have to offer. This is what your results are going to be. This right. is our averages. I have testimonials. I have all of that. And now I'm like, well, how passionate am I about real estate? <laughs> Let's see what, so it's I like, really like this other thing better. It's kind of shiny. <laughs> so exactly. Yeah. So now I'm like, oh man, like do it. Yeah. So that's like, that's my turmoil of like always pursuing passion versus, you know, like I could just have like a, you know, six, seven digit marketing company within the next couple of years if I just stayed focused on one thing but like shiny objects and passion like for me like my ultimate goal is to like change the world sure. and I'm like am I going to change the world doing Facebook marketing for real estate mm. yeah so that becomes like a question of like is my talents and my passion better suited doing something else to like positively influence the world right Remind me I, after the interview is over, I'm going to circle back with you. I want to talk to you about, about that very thing. So uh, <laughs> okay. it kind of sparks something in my mind here, but 
So you, you transitioned um, really what? Less than 12 months ago, really full in, right? Yeah, full and in, started to, in like May. So you went to Europe for a couple of weeks, then you came back and you went to, you said Southeast Asia. So you went to Thailand first. Okay. And then yeah, I went to Thailand. Mm -hmm. Thailand, I went for like a week. And then because I didn't want to be in rainy season, I went to Bali, fell in love. Life was so easy there. There's so many entrepreneurs. Like I met up with Arnie there. We had like mm -hmm. an entrepreneur barbecue. I met so many awesome people like online entrepreneurs that a lot of other people would probably know who right. like you see them online and they're like, wow, these people are so awesome. And then I got to hang out with all of them, yeah. like become friends with them and like hang out at their house and have barbecues together. Mm. And I was like, wow, like that's amazing. And the thing is, once you get out of kind of like your old stagnant life and you get around people who are super passionate, like people mm -hmm. who are out here doing their business and changing the world and doing like coaching and like, people who are pushing themselves like eating healthy and meditating and working out and like putting content out there like you become more like them yeah. like it is so true that like the people you surround yourself with like right. you are becoming them you are like them so when I was bartending I'm just around a whole bunch of drunk people every day sure. who are complaining about their lives but aren't doing anything to change it it was really easy to stay there and then like the more and more friends I make who are like these entrepreneurs and digital nomads, the easier and easier my life becomes to like become more successful because I'm just surrounded by one. people. I mean, it's, it, I mean, the podcast that you and I probably both have listened to, I mean, over and over again, I and mean, there's a, there's kind of a famous quote by a guy named Jim Rohn that talks about you become the five oh, yeah. people that are your closest to. Yeah. And, and that is, I, I really like the fact that you pointed that out because it, and it, it's not only that you're becoming that, is that lifestyle and that attitude is almost contagious. I mean, it's oh, yeah. very difficult to be down when you're around people that are up, mm -hmm. you know, so, and people that are really focused and, and trying to do work. And, and it's, it's hard to like go to a co-working space where there's a, there's a buzz and there's a lot of work going on and people are really focused and you just kind of sit there and, you know, like zone out. I mean, it's, yeah. it's caught up in the frenzy of, of getting this done. And that's why I think these are so successful, these co-working spaces and, and, uh, yeah, you have to be careful on co-working spaces though, because like the one in Bali, we have like this joke that it's like more like a chill space than a co-working well, space. Now, it's like a co-chill. Like, right. I think someone called it Coachella. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's kind of true. Yeah, um, exactly. but I think co-working spaces in general, like even if you're just going there and hanging out and meeting people, you're meeting other passionate people. So you right. will get work done and you will like network. And like networking is really important. Yeah. Like it, it's changed my life. Like, and like a shift happens too, when you're around people who work online and entrepreneurs and like, you have different beliefs about money. Like mm. right now I'm not scared. Literally like finances to me is just so different before I felt so stuck and I was worried about bills and like, I was like, Oh God, like, how am I going to pay this? How am I going to do health insurance and this and that? And I have my student loans and like, you know, I have, I'm like the stereotypical millennial. Like mm. I have tons of college debt I didn't have like a real career. I wasn't making a lot of money and I had like these big dreams and like all this passion and everyone was like, well, no one cares about your dreams. <laughs> and I want to start at so, the top. I don't want to work up to the top. I want to start at the top. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so like, I don't know, like you, 
now I'm like, well, if I ever really got in a bind, like let's say whatever happened and I lost all of my clients and I was just in a bind or a big bill came up and I was like, Oh, like I got hurt and I had like a medical bill or something like that. I'm literally like, I could just open my laptop, get on any site and start networking Mm -hmm. and reaching out to like potential clients. Even if I'm just emailing them or I'm cold calling them or whatever I need to do. If I need to make $5,000 this week, like desperately. And then like the thing is like, I have a hard time like making money for myself because I don't actually care that much about money, but let's Mm -hmm. just say it was like my mom needed the money. Cause like, and in my mind it's like easier to do it for someone else. Sure. Like I could do it. Like, Cause I'm like, I could work until my fingers bleed from like typing on my keyboard and yep. find these clients. Like money is easy to come by when that's what you're pursuing. Mm. So like once you change your money mindset, like it all becomes so much easier. <laughs> right. And I think it's probably even in the, this short period of time that you've been doing this, I think it's probably easier for you to do the ask than it was mm-hmm. when you first started. And you think, you know, this, this actually, I mean, I, I do have value. I mean, there is mm-hmm. value in the service that I'm providing and, and I'm kind of comparing it to others that are doing similar work and, you know, similar even, or maybe you're doing even better quality than they are, but they're asking this you know, ridiculous amount of money. You're thinking, but I, I feel mm-hmm. good about this because it's fair. You know, what I'm asking is a fair, mm-hmm. fair, you know, fair revenue for the, the quality of service that you're delivering. So, so yeah. And I mean, like, I, <laughs> go, ahead. go ahead. No, finish. <laughs> I still struggle asking for like a lot of money. Like a lot of people tell me that I should raise my prices. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I think that's fair in some ways. Like people are going after like a different level of client. Right. And like for me, like even asking for money used to be like the scariest thing. Mm-hmm. And now like I have no problem asking for money because I know exactly what's going to happen. Like right. I know what I have to offer them. I know how many leads a month they're going to average. Like I know all that now. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm like, yeah, like I know how much that's worth to you. I can break down the math. And like, as I'm thinking about transitioning into a different niche, like I like, I'm super passionate about like yoga and meditation and like green living and holistic health and stuff like that. So I'm like, that's stuff that I'm really passionate about. And I was like, well, I could start doing marketing for like yoga studios because in my mind, like if I, even if I'm just the person running the Facebook ad, and I connect one person to a yoga studio and that changes their life. In my mind, that's like a positive ripple that like I'm putting out in the world right. that actually like makes me feel good. Right. And I'm like, well, like I haven't actually done ads for yoga studios, but mm-hmm. like I know how to. Sure. So even when I go to reach out to yoga studios, like let's say, you know, I found like 10 different yoga studios here in North Carolina and I'm just going to email them and reach out and be like, Hey, like, you know, I'm trying to run ads or whatever. Like you don't have to work for free. Once you've already done ads and you know how it works and you know that you're going to get results, like you can do a discounted because you're like, I don't know how much money they're actually going to make, but I do know they'll make money. Mm -hmm. So even if it's like $500 or something like that, be like, Oh yeah, it's $500 plus ad spend or like just depending on your niche, like $300, but like get used to asking for that money and it will like help you go further. And then at least like once you start making money, actually working online, you believe in your own dream that it's possible. Right. And I mean, you've seen the results too. And then, then it's it's not just kind of like who you're hanging out with. It's even in your mind, you know, your mind has shifted in the last 12 months about, you know, what you're capable of for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. what you can do online and what you can produce, but, Definitely. and I think those skills would be transferable, whether you're, you know, regardless of what niche you're doing this in, 
you know, because the, the basics are virtually mm -hmm. the same. How do you drive traffic through Facebook? How do you, you know, create leads, the, the whole nine yards. So, it, I mean, as you shift focus, it's not like you're starting something completely new that you're having to start from ground zero. You're, you're virtually just kind of, it's like, it's like an algebra formula. You're just kind of changing the variables in the, yeah. in the equation. So let's, let's and that's take like a little shift. how marketing is across everything. <laughs> that's true. That is true. But if, <laughs> if, let's say Facebook quit tomorrow, what would you do? Mm -hmm. Ooh, I'd probably go back to like building funnels for people because at the end of the day, like every bit of marketing is some extent of a funnel. It's mm -hmm. like figuring out the ideal client, Right. figuring out what you're trying to offer them and like how to display that message and then to take them from that first time they ever interact with their business to that top tier thing. So right. like whatever that like, you know, free offer or whatever, $1 offer or coupon or whatever it is that's at your very bottom, how mm -hmm. do you take them from that journey to like the most lifetime value that you can from that consumer? And that's right. like, that's what I was saying. Like marketing is kind of all the same everywhere. It doesn't matter if you're a health blogger or you're a real estate agent who wants Facebook ads. It's the same principles and mentality. So the, the idea of, of moving people in the, you know, from the top of the funnel into kind of the whole activation in the funnel of, of making the purchase or whatever. So do you actually work with your clients on developing what their offers are as well? Or are you just marketing what they have? Um, it depends. Cause like real estate's pretty easy mm -hmm. because like there's not much it's a house or not to like offer. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Yeah. Like, do you want to buy or sell a house or mm -hmm. no? But you know, we do work on like, I have different clients who have like different offers. So like when I have clients who work with like mortgage lenders, like a lot of time I'll work with a team and the mortgage mm -hmm. lenders have like, Oh, we do closing costs and stuff like that. Or we can do like a seller's guide. Like, you know, here's the top 10 things to get more right. value out of your home. So that is essentially a free offer that we're mm -hmm. like baiting people with to get leads. Yeah. And then, you know, we do like 180 day email drip campaign. We do messenger bot campaigns. We do like the whole follow-up automated texting. So like those are all funnel things to try mm -hmm. to like get that person to go from like not knowing who you are and not caring to actually buying or selling a house and using you as their realtor and trusting right. you. And this is all through click funnels or you do it through lead pages or HubSpot, what are you using? Um, I, so right now I do, I do um, the Facebook ad and usually that just goes to the realtor's website because most realtors get a free website anyway. Mm -hmm. So we use um, like an IDX website, which just updates from like an MLS of the housings. Like it right. stays current all the time. It's always updated. So a lot of time we'll just link to like a homes list on mm -hmm. like either an IDX or just the MLS. Like we'll pull up a list on the MLS and link them directly there. And those pages are branded for the realtor that I'm working with. Yeah, cool. And then the extra step would be that if you are controlling your own IDX website, you want to put your Facebook pixel in there so you can retarget people with that Facebook pixel. Um, and then we use lion desk, which is just a CRM for real estate agents. And that's where we do our automated texting or automated email. Um, and then many chat for the messenger bot. Mm -hmm. And now what we actually have people do is we used to just send them directly to the website. And then once we started doing the messenger bot, now we send them to the messenger bot first and the messenger bot sends them to the, like the homes list or right. sends them the resource that we're right. getting them from the ad. And then we connect it all with Zapier and that's basically like the whole system. Like, it sounds like a lot when you don't know what you're doing when you first yeah. start. But sure. like to me now I'm like, wow, that's an easy, like yeah. minimal, like nice system. Everything's quick and easy to set up. Works well together in a great yeah. with each other. So 
everything first started did you everything flows well did you make the uh the when you offered your services did you say okay i can let's do this and then i'll take a percentage of the revenue or did you say there's a fee up front and i mean how did you how did you first start marketing marketing this and to where it's palatable to somebody especially as when you first got started yeah so i usually just i've always charged people like a monthly fee and mm-hmm. like i've been pretty bad about like when i first started i was really bad about being like this is exactly what's included because if you don't break it down and like tell people like this is exactly what you're going to get you get a lot of like i guess like scope creep would be yep. like where you end up doing a lot of extra Money. stuff and like they're not paying you enough for all the extra stuff but you're yep. so eager to please your first clients right. and you're so eager to do everything right that like you will just like work like crazy to yeah. make everything happen for your first clients. Cause as soon as someone pays you like $1, you're like, Oh my gosh, I, I'm in this so deep. I have it's to do this perfectly. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. so, uh, that, yeah, that happened to me a lot in the beginning. Cause I do something like I, and I've done like, you know, just in general funnel building. And like I told you when I first started, I was all over the place. So like I had like a nutrition client who wanted to do online blogging and podcasts and have a membership site. Mm-hmm. And I like, built her website and helped her with her email and helped her with marketing scheduling and helped her with her Facebook group. And I was kind of like, in a way I was like her weird marketing, like assistant who helped her with everything and helped her build her website. And like, I was doing everything and I was only charging her like $500 a month. Yeah. And like, that's not nearly enough for all the work that I was doing, but asking for like a monthly fee has always been like super easy for me rather than like, sitting down and figuring out like, I'm going to give you X, Y, Z. Here's a detail of everything that's included. And this is how much time it's going to take me. And this is how much it's going to cost. So here's the total fee. Because when you first start, you have no idea how long stuff is going to take you, especially if you're not good at like sitting down and just plugging in. Because Mm -hmm. like for me, if I can sit down and concentrate and get in flow, I can set up a new client account in like an hour or two. If I'm not in flow and I'm just kind of like messing around, I have a couple tabs open, I'm listening to music. It might take Netflix. me three, four, up to like six hours. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, it depends. I think like monthly retainers are good at first until mm-hmm. you figure out exactly how long it takes you. Right. And like, you know, the effort that it's going to take. And then you can put a monetary value on it after that. Yeah. And you can be like, okay, here's the, like the fee. And then here's my monthly retainer on top of it. Right now right. I still do monthly. So I do monthly payments and um, I do contracts. So I do three months minimum because mm-hmm. the last thing you want to do is take all that time for the onboarding and the setup and everything like that. But and then that client drop off like a month yeah. later yeah. because realistically when you're doing any kind of marketing, like you might, you know, I've gotten 150 leads in the first month. But in real estate, those leads aren't going to convert in that month. Sure. Those 150 leads might not convert for three, six, even 12 months later. Exactly. Yeah. So it's really easy for people to get discouraged in marketing and be like, oh, well, none of those leads are ready right now. And you yeah. have to really pre-frame yeah. how, like, your niche like, hey, like, you might get these people, but don't anticipate making any money from this, maybe for like three months. Mm-hmm. So you know, you have to stick with it. And then like, also it's not like an overnight thing. So like Facebook ads, you have to make adjustments, give it a week or two, make an adjustment, give it a week or two, see Mm -hmm. what's happening. So you can make those educated decisions about like what you need to do next. 
Especially, I mean, real estate has such a such a long tail to it. I mean, it's just, there's such a lag because, but if they've been in, in real estate at all, they understand that because regardless of what their mm-hmm. marketing strategy has been, you know, prior to you, you coming into their, you know, their, their, their orbit, then they understand that they're not going to mm-hmm. meet somebody today and then sell them a house tomorrow. I mean, this is a relationship mm-hmm. building. So over time, they don't, may not need a house right now, but they may need a house in 18 months. And I'm the person that's you know yeah. front of mind to them or whatever. So, well, shift a little bit to the. Um, I want to ask you. Um, we're going to c- circle back at the end with kind of the idea of a like a baby micro course, you know, thing that three people, mm-hmm. you know, three things that you would tell somebody that wants to do what you did. But is is there anything that we haven't touched on up to this point that 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 you wanted to share that you think is really salient to people that uh, are kind of considering this or just kind of generic information or a funny story that I haven't asked you about. You say, you know, a funny travel <laughs> story that you've got that you think would be, you know, oh, gosh. Really fun here, so. uh, I mean, I could talk forever, <laughs> um, but I guess like, oh man, like if I could really say like one thing for people like considering this, first of all, like one little tip, if you want to do Facebook ads for people, real estate's one of the hardest niches to get into. Pick something easier, <laughs> pick something local that happens quickly <laughs> because mm-hmm. real estate, like you were just saying, because it's such a long drawn out like process from right. the time like a lead comes into the time that they actually like the realtor makes money. It makes it one of the hardest niches to get into because you can't provide instant results like you could with a lot of local businesses. Right. So at least touch on that for anyone who's hearing me talk about that. Um, And next thing I would say is just like, like it sounds so lame, but like truly like if you have that goal, break it into the smaller pieces and then just don't quit. Like I have struggled with like really bad anxiety and really bad depression in my life. And there's sometimes where like, I don't even have the energy to want to get out of bed. And like that day, like, even if you just open your phone and do like five minutes of meditation or something that's moving you closer to your goal, or you just send one email, Mm -hmm. like you just sent one email to a potential client, like that's still moving you closer to your ultimate goal. And like, if you're like, Oh gosh, like making a million dollars, like that's so much money. That's so far away. But if you're like, okay, well I want to make a million dollars by the time I'm 30. How many, like how much money is that a week? How much Mm -hmm. like, start breaking it down. So you actually have like these incremental goals and then, you know, like forgive yourself. That's like a big thing. And it's like, I was really hard on myself for a long time for not having everything figured out and for being bad at finances and for like, just being like, I'm like, I'm so dumb. I don't know how to do this. (laughs) And then like, you realize the more you like, you forgive yourself and realize like, even that one thing, like sending that one email, like you may have feel like you wasted like the whole day, but you sent that one email, like you didn't waste it. You just need to stay focused and keep doing those little mic micro actions over time. Now you just can't do that forever though. I mean, there has to be a time where you get up and you, so to speak, you know? Yeah. But I think it's more that like when you're transitioning, like I was working as a bartender, so I was working full time and then like I have all these things. And I think a lot of people feel that way. They're like, you know, I have my full-time job right now that I'm not super happy with. I'm not mm-hmm. making that much money. You know, I don't have a lot of extra money to spend on courses. I don't have a lot of extra time. Like you should definitely dedicate as much as you feel like you can. I mean, the more you time you dedicate to it, the quicker you'll get there for mm-hmm. sure. 
but like, just make sure you do at least one thing every day. Yeah. Like that's what I'm saying. Like don't ever have days where you're just like, no, I'm not going to work on that today. Because as soon as you let yourself out of that flow and like away from that goal and it's not on the top of your mind, like that's, it becomes easier and easier to like let that dream just like like float away and like never go after it. So and Keep time focused. speeds up. The older you get, time speeds up. Oh so, my God. <laughs> you know, you're gonna you're 27 today and you look up and I'm 47. And now I'm like, what happened the last 20 years here? So Yeah, exactly. And like, oh gosh, it really, really does. Like I'm like, I can't believe I've already been doing this for two years. Like that time mm-hmm. to me has just flown by. I can't believe yeah. I've been traveling now for like, you know, for all or like not even a year, but like I'm like, wow, like. I've been to Europe and Africa and Asia and I'm about to go to South America and it's, I just started traveling in May and like, how am I living so much life in such a short amount of time? But like, it just flies by. And I mean, you just like, we had talked about like, you just have to take control because Mm -hmm. you don't want to wake up 10 years from now and be like, Whoa, like (laughs) what did I do? I didn't like even move myself closer to that goal. Mm. So, I mean, it's really important to stay focused on those things and know what you want and write it down, write it down, put it in your phone, keep a journal, like stay focused on it. You might not even know like how to get closer to that goal, but you can be like, okay, well, I think this will move me closer. Mm -hmm. Start taking those actions. And as you do, you'll learn more and you'll like the next step will like unveil itself and you'll be like, okay, like I'm ready. Like I see that now and I'm going to go there and do that. Right. Well, I, one of the questions that I'd, I'd sent you beforehand was just kind of the, how do you wrap it up with a kind of a little mini micro, you know, three-step micro course on people that, that may want to do what you're doing. So you may have already touched on all those points and, and just some of the other questions, but is, if, if somebody is wanting to get into this, this lifestyle, this nomad, you know, digital nomad lifestyle, this kind of design your own, you know, life work integration, what would, what would be two or three just really quick points that you think you've got to do these, you've got to follow these things. This is the roadmap to get there. So, so I would say like the quickest way in my mind, the quickest way to make easy money online is through Facebook ads. It's very popular right now. And there's a lot of businesses that don't do it still. So like, mm-hmm. it's a great market to pop into because you have a lot of like available clients who you can actually help. So like my first step, I guess, would be like, go to Udemy or go like online, watch a whole bunch of YouTube videos, find as many free resources as you can, or buy like Udemy course on running Facebook ads and like get Mm -hmm. yourself familiar with that. Because in general, when you start learning Facebook ads, you're going to start understanding ads in general and how they work and how to set them up and like the psychology behind ads and marketing. So that's like only going to be good for you no matter what you do in your life, because once you like understand psychology and marketing, like you'll always be able to drive business either to yourself or to others. See that 22 hours was not wasted. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care if you have a diploma or not. You have a lot of education in. in Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Nothing's wasted. Yeah. I'm Um, sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) So then I guess step two would be like, actually taking the action. So take mm-hmm. that knowledge and go try to find clients. Like I don't care how much you embarrass yourself or how much you don't feel qualified or whatever it is, go out there and try to take the things that you learned and run ads for people. Even if you have to start doing it for free mm-hmm. or only ask a hundred dollars or whatever, start adding that into your current income. And then like the transition there is like 
get those clients and start walking away from your job. So whether you go down to part-time or like me, I went down to like only working a day or two a week, but I was like kind of like in that transition transition period. And then I would say like the third and final step would be like book a ticket. Maybe not, you don't necessarily have to book a one-way ticket, but to me, I think booking a one-way ticket is the ultimate like sever of the cord. Like I have to figure this out. I might be stuck in this country if I don't figure it out. And that will light a fire under your butt for sure to like make things happen. And a lot of people don't realize like when you want to be a digital nomad, I guess I kind of like leave this out, get rid of all of your stuff. Like step mm, three is like yeah, minimize, cut your, the cords. Like I have yeah. two boxes of stuff that I have at a friend's house and that's all I own now. Cause now I have no yeah. rent. I have no mm-hmm. car. I don't have to pay insurance. Like I don't pay for any of that. So now like what you don't realize is it's cheaper for me to travel full time, even with my plane tickets than it was for me to rent an apartment in the U S. So I literally travel the world and I save more money than I did when I was just living in an apartment, like wishing I was traveling. So like book that one way ticket. I recommend like Thailand's a really easy place to start. It's super cheap. It's like, you're going to meet tons of like Chiang Mai, tons of digital nomads really, really cheap, tons of English speakers, great place to start, tons of co-working. Um, Medellin's another really good place mm-hmm. because it's pretty close to the US. You're not going to change time zones too much. It's getting more expensive because it's gained popularity. But sure. like, as an example, I'm going there next week and my rent for a month or it's like 33 nights, I got an Airbnb and I'm paying like $400 for it for like a month and I'm living in like a nice condo in a high rise in the nicest neighborhood downtown by yourself. Are you sharing this with somebody else or I'm sharing it with a local. So Mm -hmm. like I'm living with a Spanish speaker who's like a woman who also is an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So like, and I found her on on Airbnb. So like go on Airbnb, check do for a month. That's another thing is like Mm -hmm. when you cut that cord and you just like, like I'm booking a one way ticket I don't have all my bills back home now because I got rid of my house, got rid of my car, got rid of like, I minimized, minimize your expenses as much as you can because yep. the more you minimize your at home expenses, like the easier it is. It's like now your Airbnb is your rent. Like you're not paying rent and your Airbnb. It's just like that one thing. And like when you book for a month on Airbnb, a lot of time you'll get crazy discounts. So like my place in Columbia, I got 50% off just because I booked the place for a month. Wow. So like if you can stay in a place for a month long, a lot of time it will be like the same as if you had only stayed there for like like two or three weeks. You're getting like a week free or something like right. that. So. I, I want you to, when this goes live, I want you to go back and, and I want you to watch the YouTube version of this interview <laughs> and because when people are, and, and I'm sure you get asked this constantly, and that was another question I wanted to ask you, but the idea that when they contact you online, they say, Hey, how do you do this? How do you do this digital yeah. nomad thing? I mean, you're shifting into, you're still doing kind of Facebook ads because, but I, I would think you could make just about as much money just answering questions on how to transition to being a digital nomad. I mean, are you and that's- kind of <laughs> combining those two things together? I mean, I'm doing a little life coaching here or, or, you know. Yeah. So that's coaching. actually like, well, <laughs> That's so like I told you about my live stream. So I'm starting to stream on Twitch because I get so many people messaging me now asking these questions mm-hmm. and it's like, I want to be able to answer them all individually. But I honestly, like I get so many messages at this point. Yeah. I can't sit on my Facebook messenger, my Instagram messenger, and I can't personally message all these people 
all the time. Right. And it's really hard to sit here and like text this out again, again, again. It's really easy for like if someone jumps in my stream and is asking me questions and I'm having like a conversation with them and we might like I had 11 average viewers yesterday from my stream. It was my first stream. And it's like the, all those 11 people are getting to hear the same message. So like I'm going to answer multiple people at once and like make this content that I can like later decide to like put cross platform. Yeah. And like that is definitely like when I first started, I wanted to travel the world and show people like how to live a better, happier life, like how to get themselves out of that dark place that I was in. And now I, I had felt so much like a fraud, I guess, because I hadn't done it. Like I was mm. still in the dark place. I still wasn't a digital nomad. So I was like, yeah. how can I teach other people how to fix their life if I haven't done it myself? And now I'm like coming out the other end where I'm like, wow, I have done it myself now. And I still desperately like want to help other people do this. Um, and that's kind of like what I'm working on right now is like, I say that like I'm a happiness strategist because like I met someone in Bali who was a happiness strategist. And like, to me, like teaching people how to make money, I'm not super passionate about that. What I am really passionate about is teaching other people how to like craft their dreams and how to live like a happier, more fulfilling life. Because I think like if I'm like, hey, I'll teach you how to make money online, take my Facebook ads course. I'm like, everyone's doing that. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's easy to me. But like teaching you how to actually take control of your life and how to build the life of your dreams and take the steps to actually become happier right. and live that life. Like that's what I want to help people do. And like right now, that's my thing is like I just have to figure out like how do I actually take someone from point A to point B. Right. I, I think you answered that in the last hour. On this <laughs> that's why I say I want you to go back and listen because you, you probably don't even realize how how many things you really have already figured out that yeah you're and you're thinking well, I have to think about that but actually you don't because it's there I mean if I ask you a question you just answered it out of experience and out of you know kind of the almost the school of hard knocks so to speak. <laughs> I mean, you learn these things by trial and error so it's yeah You've uh, you've changed quite a bit, probably in the last twelve months. I would think, even even personal-wise, oh. and I mean, just um, just the whole outlook on you know what tomorrow's going to bring, and and uh, but it, it has it's just been a, it really has been a a course, and this has been much mm -hmm. more than an interview. It's been a course of people that <laughs> are going to watch this, and they're going people will take action based on the things you've just said today. Yeah. So, you know, that's, you I mean, that's amazing know. to hear because I still have that like imposter like syndrome where I'm like, do I really, am I qualified? <laughs> like, <laughs> but the thing is like, I, I'm literally like walking the talk now. So like, sure. I'm like, okay, like even if I'm not like the best business person or the smartest person with finances or whatever, like I have actually done it and I've yeah. figured it out and I've taken enough risk that like yeah. now I'm like, okay. I can tell you at least how to do <laughs> like avoid the things that I did wrong right. at the very exactly. least. Like, exactly. <laughs> and you learn from other people. I mean, you, you probably picked their brains and said, okay, is, how come this isn't working? What did you do to change this? But one thing that's really unique about your story too, and, and I mean, I've talked to a number of people that kind of fit in that same demographic is that, you know, you're not, it's, it's almost like there are digital nomads out there that really are just franchisees. They're, they've in essence taken a course mm -hmm. or they've joined a movement, so to speak. And they're really just selling the products of that thing, you know, whether it's mm -hmm. a high ticket affiliate or whatever it is, but that's really just a franchise to me you just, they just trained you to do their, their marketing program. You just did it, but you really had to figure it out almost from yeah. square one. And and you, I think that is more valuable experience for people that want to transition into this role. So, 
I, I want to really encourage you and and just you know give you kudos about just the path you've walked and and I uh, appreciate you you know just taking the time today to kind of share that with our with our audience and just wrap up right now with telling us how people can find you online and and who maybe who the ideal person is that is looking for you you know who or maybe it's both maybe it's a, I want to be a digital nomad but I also I want to open a yoga studio I mean what are the who's the ideal hey, person that you know yoga studios <laughs> no I can't be tied down yet so I can't get a physical location right. um so like for people to find me online I just started doing twitch and I plan on probably streaming like live traveling like when I'm like in the airport or whatever like I have to get an international mobile hotspot eventually to do that but mm -hmm. Um, Twitch is going to be great because it's going to be me talking kind of like this. Mm -hmm. Like people can come in and just ask me questions and I'll just be live talking and answering. And yep. I may be playing some video games while I'm answering questions. <laughs> yeah, but you're you a big know, gamer. You, you come from a family of gamers, I think you said once. Too. Yeah, like it's super awesome. Um, I'm on Instagram a lot. So like my travels, I put up like a lot of pretty pictures of my traveling and I put up like Instagram stories so like people can see like. The day in and day out of like actually being in other countries yeah. is like one yeah. time I was like in the back of a basically in the back of a truck in Morocco when we were hitchhiking <laughs> like just like filming like being in the back of the truck so like funny stuff like that is always on my Instagram um, and I would say like right now like my ideal person like as I transition and I'm moving more towards like coaching people mm -hmm. I would say someone who's gotten themselves like in a career where like maybe they're making all right money, but they're not like super happy and they still always consider traveling the world, but they just don't know like, how do I take these steps? Right. Like, what do I need to be doing? Um, and like, I wish I could help everyone in the world. Like I know there's a lot of people who are struggling financially who I wish that I could help them. And that's like what my Twitch is for. That's what like my mm -hmm. free content is going to be for yeah. like people who can afford a formal coach and they can come in and just ask me some questions but my coaching is going to be like much more intense. Like it's mm -hmm. going to be for people who want to like be on the phone with someone every week and someone who's like pushing them out of their comfort zone and pushing yeah. them towards that dream life and asking them like some hard questions. Like mm -hmm. I had to do some hard things to get where I am in my life. You know, yeah. I had to leave a bad relationship when I was with someone for a really long time. Right. I had to move out on my own when I didn't even know how to pay rent. Like right. I had to do a lot of hard things, but like, I literally regret not a single day and like I feel so blessed every day when I wake up like I have mm. such an incredible amazing life now that like sometimes I honestly can't believe that my life is real and I want to give that to other people. Yeah. That is that is so cool. Well, Abby, I, I, we have we've gone on today because I, I just didn't, there was no natural place that I wanted to stop hearing <laughs> the story. So I, I you have you have given us a lot of time today and and just really just I, I think provided our listeners so much value and me personally I mean I, I really have enjoyed this this kind of interchange and just hearing your story and and I mean I've learned a great deal today as well but just thank you for playing your part in just helping all boats rise in a rising tide Abby have a great day thanks again yeah thank you so much for having me <laughs>